Hey, this is Colin with the Cars with Colin podcast. Today we're going to talk about a lot of the Ford's decision with the Blue Cruise or Adaptive Cruise Control or whatever you want to call it system that they're putting into the Mustang Mach-E. We're going to talk about a little bit about Ferrari's decision to, um, you know, scramble for a new CEO after their old CEO abruptly left. We're going to be talking about subscription-based services and other services that are included in cars that should or shouldn't be there, a little bit about the Bronco, and a couple of other things. So I hope you like it, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Hey, I'm Colin. Let's talk about cars. So in the past week, there's been a few really interesting things happening in the car community. And a lot of them stem from different technologies that are coming into play and the EV world coming a huge prominent source in what's happening with cars in general. And so I wanted to talk about a little bit of my thoughts personally on where the car community is going and and what's about to happen. So one of the main things that's catching my eye, at least in the news, is the fact that Ford is rolling out their Mustang, or the uh, Mustang Mach-E, and the F-150 has been announced to use the system as well. Um, they're, they're rolling out the system called Blue Cruise, which is their intelligent driving or autonomous level two or whatever of cars. So the Mustang's going to have it, and the Ford F-150 is rumored to has, have it of to, as of today. And so... This is the interesting part. Ford is, from what I understand, the first one out of Tesla and Cadillac or Chevy to roll out their system as a subscription-based service. They had an autonomous system before, but it wasn't subscription-based. This one, called Blue Cruise, is just that. It's a... $600 for three years, subscription-based service, which makes zero sense to me. So their hands-free system is said to be superior to the Cadillac system. It used to be called Active Drive Assist, and it's going to go live here for the... uh, uh, Mustang Mach-E and the F1, F-150. So, this third quarter, or towards the end of the year, it'll go over and uh, through all their cars that are coming out at that time. Plus, I, I believe they have a over-the-air update. But, what is the point of having a subscription service in a car? It failed with GM, and it continues to fail with GM in having their Sirius XM service. And then you have another service, as far as Chevy goes, that you can pay for to be able to unlock your car doors and start your car from anywhere or see how many miles you have left or what your tire pressure is on newer Chevy cars through an app, which is great and all, but... It's a $14 a month subscription service. 
So are we going to really be accustomed or, or become accustomed to this subscription-based service for everything that we have? I know that OnStar, you can get a premium service that is a subscription base. And there's a few other roadside, quote-unquote, things that you can get as well. But what's the point? What's the point of having a subscription-based safety feature in a car? What happens if you don't pay it? What happens if you rely too heavily on it? And $600 for a three-year subscription is a lot of money when you take into account this is a, a service that's um, probably going to push people to buy the car more. Um, I, I know I personally wouldn't drive a Tesla unless it had autopilot installed. I've driven the system, and it works flawlessly most of the time. Um, it sees things like red lights, whether they're uh, or lights, whether they're red or green. It sees stop signs coming up. It can tell you what the car next to you is, whether it's a truck or a car or anything like that. Is Ford's system really going to be that good that it's worth $600 for every three years? I, I don't know, and I'm not completely convinced. I've seen a, a few Mustang Mach-E's here in the past few weeks, and they look better in person, but is it enough to steal market share from Tesla and Audi, who's making a huge headway into the EV space, or the new companies coming out like uh, Rivian or, oh, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head, but um, or the Polestar. Are, are these companies better? Are they going to be better? Or is there a space for Mustang to live? And I, I really think they're digging a hole, one, with the name that they chose, and two, with, with the uh, experimental systems that they're placing into the cars, such as the subscription-based service. I, I don't get it, and I don't necessarily agree with it either. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Um, on, on the other hand, the Mustang, I think, is one of the better-looking cars that Ford's come out with. Um, ironically, there's not a ton of Ford logos on the thing. But even the, um, the Bronco that they're coming out with, besides the lights, I, I'm really not impressed with, this, with the product itself. They, they made a terrible move by putting out the Sport first, and I think that was to, to help fund the Bronco. But, I mean, people say to compare the, the Bronco to the, or the Bronco Sport to the Bronco 2 back in the day. But even when you do that, the Bronco 2 was much more capable of a car. And, or I guess a, a small SUV at the time. The Bronco Sport really doesn't have a point to be there. There's no market share that it's trying to have, and there's no point in trying to take uh, sales away from the why am I spacing on it? The Jeep, the Renegade. 
why are they trying to take market share out of that? Why are they trying to, I don't know, maybe raise money for a, the Bronco would be my only guess, or to get people aware that the Bronco is coming. The Bronco is supposed to be launched later this year, but it, it is causing a lot of excitement. But I, I don't think it's going to do that well. I really don't. It's cool, and it has some things that are, are pretty quirky or uh, interesting as far as maybe the the crawl feature that it has or, or the ability to you know turn on a dime by stopping one of the axles. We've had cars in the past that are able to do that, but... They're really advertising this thing as an off-road first capable machine. And I, I don't think it's going to do well. However, in, in, in more uplifting or better news um, or, or things to talk about, I, I think Ferrari going after a CEO that's maybe from a, a tech company like they've been announcing for a while, it's kind of under the table. But... I think they're the, the Ferrari going after more of a, a consumer-based lifestyle or or a consumer base that is a little bit cheaper than what they have in the past is a great move for them, especially if they're taking a step into the into the EV or uh, hybrid technology. There, their La Ferrari is obviously a hybrid along with um, a lot of their upcoming stuff and. This makes room for companies like McLaren, who's also pledged to um, get rid of their V12 and even their V8 in their um, upcoming flagships for a V6 twin-turbo hybrid setup. And I, I think a lot of supercars and exotic cars are going to come up with the same. So we'll, we'll be able to see that in upcoming years. And as far as, you know, things to talk about or... or you know, things to do is we're excited for 2021 as far as the car community goes. And it's really going to be a great time. Um, the car meets here in Utah especially are going to include a ton more exotic cars. The exotic scene in Utah has exploded in the past three years. And um, I won't say who it is, but I, I work for a pretty well-known person. He owns a... Uh, um, a Lamborghini and a wide body Porsche and both of these cars are going to be at a good amount of rallies and um, you know shows like that and I, I think that the car community as far as Utah goes is really trending into separate groups just like you know, the LA car scene or the Atlanta car scene or almost anywhere else is you have the exotic cars and they, especially in park city, they really want only the exotics there. They really want only the, uh, the tuner cars. It's not going to be a, a mix of everything. There's a group called weekend Utah weekend car meet that really shows what's possible in um, just having everybody at a car scene, there's people with an Audi R8 that's lowered on bags and things like that to go to these meets. So I guess that would kind of bridge the gap between tutor cars and, and exotics. But other than that, it's, 
really interesting to see what the car community is doing. And so it's it's going to be fun. I'm super excited for the weather to, to really change and be able to take some cars out and, and even review a couple of cars. And so that that's what's happening this year. This year for the car world seems to be absolutely huge, and I'm super excited for it. And so I wanted to talk about that and, and just the, the Mustang and, and what Ford's announcing as far as their autopilot system or what's to fight the autopilot system and see if it's worth it. I really don't think it's worth it for a subscription service, but it could be. If that's the way the world is going, then maybe Ford headways that. So enjoy that and... I'll see you soon on the next episode. Thank you so much for watching or listening.